on, on the women's side then so i guess first of all we can start with the most shocking thing which is barty retiring i mean was that a shock to you and uh and what's your thoughts on it because obviously retiring at the top one number one uh you know she's won uh three slams the only slam she didn't win was us open but she was world number one i think since uh for a couple of years at least in 2019 actually if i'm not mistaken when she first won a slam uh she's been dominant in the women's tennis since that time and you would have expected her to win more slams but for her you know kind of re retiring i think it was what was it 25 26 uh she's retiring not even really at her peak some might say and uh, just happy to walk away so yeah initial thoughts yeah uh i think i was one of the very few who wasn't entirely shocked by that because um you know given Barty's history, as in she's such a great player, but at the same time, she's also a very, uh, you could say, you know, someone who prioritizes her family. Like, she's always been that kind of person who prioritizes the family over everything else. Um, and her mental health as well, you know. So when she first retired from tennis, I think it was in, I mean, she was 19, or I'm not wrong, 18 or 19, something, and she moved to cricket. Um, it was shocking that time, you know. Like, you know, I, I was actually following her because she was so good in doubles uh, when she just, I think she was at 16 or something, she reached some finals in doubles. So um, I was, you know, keenly following her progress. And then she, suddenly she just retired and said, okay, I'm, I'm done in tennis. And uh, at that time, it was really shocking. And I, I'd never seen something like that happen like, for someone who's just a teenager. Um, and then, yeah, she did well in cricket as well. Um, she's just that kind of, you know, that kind of talent. Yeah, the big bash, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, she, she does well everywhere. Uh, and when she came back, you know, so initially, uh, you know, when, I, when she came back, I, I was very circumspect. And I thought, okay, I don't know how, how long she's going to continue. Like she's, she's retired from two sports, basically, in the space of, you know, and before turning 21. Um, but yeah, obviously, then she started being a lot more successful. And I think that helped her, you know, like, just, you know, want to be in the tennis world for a while longer. You know, she was just so good at the French Open. You, know, you wouldn't expect someone with her game to win the play major. And yet she did that, you know, without... Uh, you know, uh, and, and then she backed it up, you know, uh, winning titles everywhere, hardcore, clay, clay, grass, you know, just, that's that, that kind of versatility, you know, I don't think we've seen that in a long time in the women's game. So, you know, yeah, while she was, she was just that good, you know, naturally, like she had that kind of talent to do well everywhere in all conditions. Uh, but you always got the feeling, you know, especially with the pandemic, you know, uh, that uh, it, it, it does take a toll on everyone and especially on someone like Barry, who, does, who likes to be at home, who's actually around family and the fact that she didn't play at all in 2020 uh, when the tour resumed and uh 2021 she was on the road i think for more than six months if i'm not wrong um so you could see that she was taking decisions that were very you know like based on what she really wanted to do and when she talked about it like when she won wimbledon as well it seemed like you know she had you know achieved child childhood dream and uh you know that she she was content in a, in a way, you know, like she was, she had achieved what she wanted to. And uh, in fact, I think her coach mentioned after uh, late last year as well, she was, she was already thinking about, you know, retiring, I think, you know, taking a break or something. And, uh, but yeah, the Australian Open, given it's a home slam, she, she did, you know, want to give it her best shot. And, you know, she did, you know, she won without dropping a set. Uh, but again, when she did win it and she gave her speech at the, at the true presentation, it really seemed like, you know, she had, she didn't have much less left to achieve. You know, she had already done whatever she wanted. She had whatever she had come back to tennis for. You know, she had won Wimbledon. She had won her home slam. She won number one. Been number one since 2019, as you said, like I think three years uh, almost. Um, so you, uh, you know, my first thought uh, after winning the Australian Open was like I had two thoughts. You know, one was 
how is anyone going to stop her because she's just got such a complete game and the second was is she going to remain motivated you know if at all someone's going to stop her is that going to be because she's not going to be motivated and uh, while i didn't expect her to retire i did think that she would have a dip in her performances because you know it's just like what else was there for her to achieve you know like she's already won the french open wimbledon us open yes so that is at the end of the year and she's already won a hard court slam so i don't know whether she really particularly wanted to win the us open you know like as you know something that she won she really cherished or even whether she wanted to win win wimbledon again you know like while she would be the favorite if she was playing you know she clearly her game is built for grass but was she going to be that invested in winning it her second time because it takes a lot you know like you know it may seem easy to us you know like the way she's playing but it's always like a huge task you know to win any slam so yeah i, I don't know you know it, it was always kind of you know on the horizon for bati you know whether she should remain which should remain motivated whether she want to continue and be away from family so yeah while it didn't expect her to retire i do think that you know it is something that is in her nature you know it's something that she's she, that's who she is as a person and i really admire that you know i think it's great that she can prioritize so many things you know like the important things in her life over something that she's the best in the world at and that's not something that you can see very often so yeah yeah no i agree very admirable and uh, i think to be able to come compartmentalize i guess her her life as well family and, and sports as well and then uh, i guess prioritize as you said exactly what she wants to do and it'll be interesting to see what she does do next uh, in her life as well but i think she does get homesick a lot uh, she did mention that and i think uh, that of course would have given uh, some validity to her decision as well and interestingly like you know you were saying that you know she would have been favorite in these slams and i, I guess exactly what you said like motivation if the motivation is not there and it's easy for us to say that you know she would have been favorite and she would have won them but in the background i guess sometimes we well i know i forget uh the amount of hard work that goes in like training wise to kind of actually then get onto the court implement those tactics uh you know implement the training that's gone on behind the scenes if she's not motivated to train in the same way then the performances will be affected and i guess that exactly then feeds into what you said about a potential dip in form if she had continued so i think she maybe knew it was coming and uh interestingly i guess if she was already thinking about it after wimbledon then it kind of makes sense as well so uh wishing her the best who knows maybe we'll see her back on the court later on but i wouldn't be surprised if we don't either to be perfectly honest with you um and after i guess by retiring uh the ashes is uh risen igesh Viontek. i mean she has uh yeah again just taken it by storm uh made the semis of the show in open and then one Doha, one Indian Wells, and I thought, no way she can do the Sunshine Double, and she won Miami as well uh, in ridiculous fashion, 20 years of age, beating Osaka in that final, and she uh, has revolutionized the game, I think, on hardcore, and she's looking like she might become an all-court player like Barty was, and still early days, of course, and I think on the grass, you know, there's kind of big question marks there, but on the hardcourts, and we know that she's already won a, um, a slam at Roland Garros, uh, she goes into the clay as a, as a big, big favourite, uh, I would imagine. Uh, what have been your thoughts on her, her form recently? Yeah, I think Igor Svantec has been absolutely brilliant since uh, since Doha. Yeah. Actually, she didn't really play all that well uh, at Indian Wells, I thought, at the start of the tournament. Uh, but she, what she's really shown us over the past few months is that her base level is just so high that she can win even when she's not at her best. And that's not something that you can say about I think any player right now in the women's tournament, like most of the players, like at least top ones, they they absolutely have to be close to their best to beat the very top three players. 
but uh, Svantec, you know, has just been so good at at you know doing the basics right. You know, like just getting a lot of balls back, uh, taking advantage of the short balls. Serve again, not too great, but you know, hitting a spot well. So you know, there's just so much to like about the game. You know, the the movement in particular, the the defense, the the, the, the transition from defense to offense. So. Yeah, it's easy to see why she should should win even when she's not at her best because there's just she's got so many different ways to hurt you, you know, like and it's very difficult for the opponent to get the ball past her. Um, and her, and the movement like the sliding that she does in hard court, I think that's not something that you know that's that's very rare. You know, the way she just leans into the ball and can you know seemingly seemingly get to any ball possible just by you know taking a few steps and then sliding the rest of the way. That's supposed to be possible only on clay, but she does it in hard court as well. Not unlike they know like Djokovic. So, um, yeah, then I, I think it's been the, the Miami, her Miami performance was absolutely amazing. You know, the fact that she won it without dropping a set, beating Osaka in the final. I, I thought Osaka would, you know, was a favorite for the final, but she bagged her in the end. So, um, but yeah, as in a clear, clear favorite for the French Open, I think without a doubt. Uh, she can, uh, I think, she'd be one of the top contenders for the US Open as well. Wimbledon, again, the movement may be a bit of an issue right now. But I wouldn't be surprised if, as you said, you know, going, you know, over the next few years, she does become an all-court player and, you know, just does well in every in every kind of condition because she she's got the game, you know, she's she's that solid when she's even when she's not at her best and when she is at her best, then yeah, watch out, you know, because she can hit winners from anywhere. So, uh, and and I think a couple of improvements she's made over the last couple of months, uh, you know, initially like earlier she had a problem against you could say you know like a big, really big hitter. You know, she she if someone would take time away from her, she'd struggle to time the forehand in particular. Um, but I think she's become so much better that she's taking the ball on the rise, even when you know, even when pitched against a really powerful hitter like against Osaka, for instance. You know, she'd just take the ball on the rise or off the forehand or the backhand and just redirect the pace. You know, so that's something that she's really improved on and it's really showing the you know showing in her results. She's beaten, I think, uh, in addition to Osaka, she also beat Sabalenka and I think uh, so Petra Kvitova. Uh, Sakari, uh, Sakari was, you know, the other good. I think it beat, she beat now all three times played before 2022, uh, and this year she's gotten the better of her and uh, and at Contevet as well. So all the big hitters basically, you know, she's she's solved that problem. Uh, and uh, as I said, for the French Open, I think she's definitely the favorite. She might even, you know, like win a couple of the other uh, Masters, like thousand tournaments, but like Madrid, Rome. I think she's one of the favorites. Like I think she's the favorite over there as well. So. Yeah, I don't know, you know, what's the feeling for Swanto. She's a twenty. She's she seems to be improving all the time. Uh, you never know. She may just be the next dominant player. And, you know, yeah, no, I agreed. Agreed. I think the big hitter problem was definitely was definitely a problem because at the Australian Open, I think we saw it against Collins uh, in the semi final when she lost, and I would imagine she and her team looked at that and thought, okay, uh, you know, this is clearly an issue, and, and she'd obviously had issues with it in the past. And would have sat down and said, how can we adjust, right, for those types of players? And she definitely has adjusted straight away. And I think that shows the brilliance of her as well at such a young age and a maturity in knowing to adapt. And I know her idol is uh, is Nadal and, you know, not just Nadal, but the big three. We know how well they've adapted over the years and adjusted their games. And she definitely has that maturity, I think, to adjust her game. And she continues to do it. So... Uh, really exciting times uh, for Shriontek fans as well. And she, yeah, as as you said, she's the favourite for sure. It'll be interesting to see how the clay court swing goes. Um, 
I'm not really sure. I mean, Bedosa and Sakari, of course, coming through nicely. Um, for the most part, Bedosa especially. And uh, interested to see if they have something to say about it. Uh, but you mentioned Sabalenka. Uh, and I think it's maybe worth noting um, how her season's gone. Obviously, again, like Medvedev and some other players, she's kind of had some off-field issues, uh, understandable, uh, given the current climate. But uh, she has fallen off a cliff a little bit. I mean, she started the season as world number two and she made some big strides last year, making her first Grand Slam semi-finals. And everyone thought, okay, look, she's going to come into this year, I guess similar to Zverev, and, and like she will be a contender if not win a slam this year. Uh, but so far, it's looked anything but. She's had a lot of early exits at tournaments and just looked very, very inconsistent. Um, we know her serve and she can serve double faults, but I think that has been... Uh, exacerbated, I think, uh, this year so far. And also, uh, she just genuinely doesn't seem to be playing with a lot of confidence. What, what's been your opinion? Yeah, I'd say Sabalenka is probably the most surprising uh, player this year in the sense that, you know, I don't think anyone expected this, you know, like the way, even though she did have a bit of a down uh, period towards the end of last year. But um, I don't know, it, I kind of expected her to be one of the favorites of the Australian Open and even during uh, Indian Wells and Miami, I thought she did better than what she did. But um, there's really no reason. As in, it's very difficult to pinpoint why exactly she's struggling. Even the serve, you know, like she's always been the kind of player who would kind of like serve two first serves rather than the second serve. And for the most part, she'd make it. You know, she'd make maybe like five, six double falls in a match, and that'd be manageable. You know, the way Sharapova would manage it. You know, like it's it's the trade-off. You know, like whether you you'd be okay with losing a few points and, the, uh, and in exchange win a lot of point, free points as well because, you know, you're just hitting big second serves. But now she doesn't seem to have any confidence in the shot whatsoever. You know, she's just missing, she's netting a lot of them, you know, rather than just overhitting. So that just screams lack of confidence to me. And I, again, I don't really know why it's happening. Maybe the COVID uh, infection does have something to do with it. I remember she was really down when she got COVID. I think it was just before the World Tour Finals, if I'm not wrong, but just like, you know, after the US Open sometime. And she seemed really down at that time. She seemed, you know, she, she was talking about it a lot and saying that it really drained her of energy and stuff. And I think since then, she hasn't been the same player. So I don't know how much of an effect that has had on it, uh, on her play. But uh, yeah, it's I don't, <laughs> difficult to find an explanation for why she'd be struggling something. I don't think she's going to um, rebound anytime soon. Maybe it'll take her like a couple of months to get back that confidence. You know, just clay, I think, wouldn't be the ideal surface for her to you know, regain her con sure, uh, confidence because it's just not this kind of surface that suited her game. Although she did win Madrid last year, but uh, I think she'd prefer a faster surface. Maybe by Pibbledon, she'd be, you know, back where she belongs, like the top five. She is still in the top five, but uh, yeah, not playing like a top five player at all. Right? So. Yeah, no, agreed. Agreed. Uh, I think it's going to be a, a process for sure for her. Um, not quick fix. It'll be interesting. Um, and then I guess lastly on the women's... Um, I wanted to discuss was uh, Raducanu and Fernandez. So obviously, they're really young, made the US Open final, that really exciting. Final Raducanu coming out on top. And then uh, this year has been uh, pretty disappointing, I think, for both players, really. And uh, I think, obviously, it is a little bit of that um, maybe hangover from uh, playing so well and a lot of attention, sponsorships, media, etc. Um, what's been your assessment of it? I mean, a lot of people have been giving... Like, say, for example, Raducanu, a lot of uh, criticism about taking on sponsorship deals and endorsements. I mean, my opinion is that, you know, uh, that's fine. That's understandable. I mean, she wants to take those on. Uh, she, she could get injured tomorrow, right? Uh, and, you know, 
she wouldn't be able to do anything about it. But if she has those endorsements, she's she's got that money coming in. That's you, know, you should take it when you have it. Um, but there's also a feeling that maybe uh, she's become a slightly distracted as well, or maybe just not, or maybe it's just a case of actually, you know, she had a fantastic run, but she's very young and she's maturing. What's been your your view on that? Um, I guess Fernandez in a similar kind of boat as well. She hasn't really had uh, many good results. Um, do you think it's a bit of a hangover? And do you think we'll see them? resurge at some point this year or is it going to take them a bit of time after I guess coming to stardom so early so I think uh, so I'll talk about uh, Fernandez so I think she is um, so I don't think she's been as bad as it seems as, uh, she did win a title in, in Mexico I think um, she's I, I don't know she has she doesn't yet have the game that would you know help her beat a lot of players easily in the sense, you know, when she's up against a lower rank player, she doesn't have the kind of power to kind of hit through them right now, at least. So she depends a lot on defense and her, you know, just getting a lot of balls back. And that will, I think, result in some early losses, you know, against players who are really hitting big. But at the same time, she has shown the same kind of fight and determination that she showed in the US Open. I think a lot of matches, especially in the final against uh, Camila Osorio, she was, she was really good under pressure. Um, I guess Anna Samoa in Indian Wells, she saved I think, a couple of match points and then won the tiebreaker. But she still is showing that kind of fight, you know, that really sets her apart. Uh, I think you know, she's still really young as well. She's 19 and you know, it'll take some time, but uh, I do think she's on the right path. She will eventually, you know, like figure out a lot of stuff, you know, maybe improve herself a bit, you know, just try and get more used to playing, you know, at that high level, at that big stage, which is, it all came so suddenly for her. Um, so, yeah, I, I think Fernandez is on the right path. She's just going to get better from here. Uh, with Raducanu, uh, I think it's it's just still too early to say anything because she's just played so few matches. You know, I, I don't think she's played more than, say, 20 matches on the WTA tour. It's just, she's so inexperienced that, you know, it's like, it, it's very weird to say that she's a Grand Slam champion at the same time, more inexperienced than practically anyone in the top 200. You know, so that's a very strange combination. And, I, you know, it's just... It's very difficult to make any conclusions based on that. So yeah, she does have the game definitely. She's got the timing. She's got the, you know, the, the, just the effortless power that kind of you know. She mentioned that Lena was her idol, and I think her game actually is very much like Lena's. You know, like just the way she leans into the ball and can hit winners, you know, so effortlessly. So definitely that game is there. But we know that you know this game is not enough. You know, we've seen so many players in the past who've got great game and not been able to you know solve the you know. The pressures of, of top level tennis. So I don't know with Radikanu. It's I think it's just too early to say anything. When she plays more matches, you know, once she uh, on all surfaces, I don't think she's ever played a clay court match at all. I think on the WTA tour. So that's just so strange, you know, for a Grand Slam champion to never play a clay match. So once she plays more matches and we get to know more about how she's able to handle pressure and expectations, I think then in a better position to you know analyze you know just how good how, what kind of future she's got. I think you know game wise she definitely has you know all the goods, but uh, in terms of ability to handle pressure, expectations, you know, like this the, the, the fight for instance, the Fernandez that we know she's she's a great fighter. She 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 you know make you play your best and you know make you win the match rather than give you the match. With Raducanu, we don't know. We don't know how she'll play. If she's locked in the third set with a, with a big hitter. She has played a few three setters this year, but I think it's just like a couple. Um, uh, where she's, uh, you know, not been injured. I think one of them she was injured against uh, in the, the Australian Open. So, yeah, once she gets more matches under her belt, and I don't think the, the endorsements as such would be a distraction because, I, you know, 
the way she talks in the interviews. It doesn't seem like she's let success into her head. You know, she's always talking about practicing hard and you know, like you know, she's she's really humble as well, even despite being so famous at such a young age. So I think that's a good sign. Um, she definitely does seem to have a good head on her shoulders. Uh, but now it remains to see to be seen whether she can handle the pressure. You know, that's I think the most important thing for her. So, yeah, I think we'd be in a much better position to answer this question at the end of this year when she'll actually play the entire season without being injured or missing out on tournaments for whatever reason. So, yeah, that, it'll, be, it'll be interesting to see how she develops. And I think, you know, if she does develop, you know, like as we expect or many people expect, I think she'll be a great addition to the top top five or top ten. Yeah, no, no, agreed. Yeah, the TBC watch this space, I guess, to Raducanu, uh, for sure. Yeah, as you said, it's such a small sample size. It's difficult, isn't it, to to know? And who knows what she'll be like on clay, for example. And yeah, it'll, it'll be intriguing for sure the rest of the year. Uh, so I'm sure a lot of people will be keeping tabs on her. Um, Masab, thanks very much for being on. I do appreciate it. Is there anything you want to touch on before we wrap up? And also, uh, any, uh, well, I definitely think, uh, I'm sure, I'm assuming you want to call out as well, uh, your social media links, et cetera, as well. Yeah, as in, um, I, I just want to talk about Osaka for a bit. You know, like, I think it's great the way she's uh, rebounded from her Wells uh, disaster. And I think yeah. all the play is on the surface. But if you saw her press conference at the end of Miami, I think she's really, you know, taking it seriously this time. And I think she does have a game to do well in all surfaces. It's just a matter of confidence. So I wouldn't be surprised if Osaka does reasonably well in the clay season, in the, in the clay tournaments, and then goes on to... Uh, build on that for the rest of the year as well. So I think yeah. Osaka is going to be back in the top 10 sooner rather than later. Um, yeah, and it's, really, it's a really exciting time, I think, on the WTR tour, particularly with Sviantec and so many of the good players uh, in the mix at the moment. And um, yeah, it is great talking to you uh, on the show. You know, a lot of interesting insights. And uh, yeah, and I think uh, if, if anyone doesn't know about SportsKira, it's, it's uh, one of the largest sports websites in, in Asia, uh, based in India, but we do cover a lot of sports uh, outside India as well. And Sports Gear Tennis, um, uh, you'd find it on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, I wouldn't want to give the links because I think it's pretty easy to find. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> follow us and uh, you know, uh, any, any kind of support is always great. No, amazing. No, thank you. Yeah, I completely agreed as well on this. I'm really good to see her back. So, um, yeah, great, great point there as well. Hopefully she uh, she's in the right mental space going forward and we see more of that for sure. Uh, but yeah, thanks very much again for being on. And yeah, I'll, I'll tag Sportskeeda on the, uh, in, the, in, this, in this video anyway. Um, I'm, I'm assuming, I know you guys have a, have a YouTube channel as well, so we'll tag that. And then also uh, I can put your links in the description to the video as well uh, and tag you on social media for sure. Uh, but yeah, thanks again, Masal. Really appreciate it. Uh, thanks, guys. Please remember to uh, like the video and subscribe if you haven't done so already. And do also go check out Sports Gear. Do the same as well. Follow them on all socials uh, for some great content there. Uh, stay safe and well, and I'll see you on the next video. Thanks.